Hello, and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome, like anxiety, health, and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. Welcome to another edition of the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Happy that you can join us this week. We're going to continue talking about parenting this week. We've talked about many different aspects of parenting on the podcast, including recently parenting through health challenges. Today, we're going to learn a little bit more about parenting LGBTQ children and teens from firsthand experience from our guest. Today, I'm so excited to welcome an amazing podcaster and blogger, Heather Hester. I'm a huge fan. She's done such great work. Her podcast, Just Breathe, Parenting Your LGBTQ Plus Teen, provides great information about parenting LGBTQIA plus children and teens and on the challenges of the LGBTQIA plus community at large. I've learned so much from her and the conversations that she engages in. She also blogs at www.chrysalismama.com, and there's also great information on there for you if you are looking to learn more about the LGBTQIA community. In today's conversation, we get into hearing a little bit more about Heather's personal story, some of the challenges that she's aware of for the teens and children in the LGBTQIA community, what kind of tools that she's relied on and that she um, speaks to clients about. And also learning a little bit more about some of the great advice that she has for parents, family members, or allies of LGBTQIA plus children and teens. I hope you enjoy this episode with Heather Hester. So welcome Heather Hester to the podcast. I'm happy to connect with you today. I am really excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me on. Thank you for joining me. So why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about your background and how you got into blogging and podcasting? Sure. Um, so I am um, kind of a I'm a writer by trade. Uh, and that's what I used to do. It feels like a million years ago at this point. Um, and I, um, I have four kids. And so I was, you know, lucky enough to be able to stay home with my kids as they were, you know, really little and, um, and growing, growing up. And then um, when our son, Connor, who is now 21, um, he came out as gay when he was 16. And um, we were very much surprised. We did not have any idea and kind of threw us into this world that we knew nothing about. And we didn't have any friends or family or, you know, people that we could really talk to about it. And, um, you know, we're not, we were not um, upset in the sense of like, oh my gosh, our kid is gay. It was more like, oh my gosh, we don't know how to support this kid. <laughs> and we don't know how to, you know, where to find information and, and kind of, it was just a whole new, like just whirlwind of, whew. And um, so at that point I had been blogging for a while and it was more, um, you know, things doing with, to do with our family business. And so this was something very, very different for me, but writing is kind of my go-to. And so um, about a year into our process with Connor, as I was still, you know, we were still really struggling um, and I can certainly go into more detail later, but we were really having a tough time with a number of of different things. And um, I thought, you know what, there's... (laughs) I do not want other parents and allies and people and kids to go through what we went through and to be so frustrated and to feel so isolated. Um, And so that is when I started my website, um, Chrysalis Mama, and I really started it as a place to just put all the great information that I found and um, and start just really writing about our experience and about 
about things that I found that were really, really great. And, um, so that is, that's kind of how the, the blogging specific to this topic started. And then about two and a half years ago, um, I, we were on vacation. I was reading an article about somebody that I really admired and they were talking about their podcast. And I thought, well, this is a really, really good way to reach more people, right? To kind of let more people know that there are resources and they're they're not alone in this process. And and just kind of a place for, you know, there really wasn't a lot like this out there. So two and a half months later, I launched my podcast, Just Breathe, Parenting Your LGBTQ Teen. And um, it has been such a fun process, a fun journey. Um, it's been equally therapeutic for me and and my family as it has been for, you know, people who listen and, um, you know, who have reached out. And I'm just so grateful that it's, you know, one of the few things in my life that I didn't overthink. I just decided and, and did it. <laughs> because as you know, doing a podcast can be a little... Um, you can get in your head about it for sure. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that absolutely. Is, that's that. <laughs> no, that's great. And your podcast is wonderful because it's a great mix of like interviews, but then also personal accounts. And, and so people, I think, really get to know you, but then also can learn an awful lot as well. So I, I love it for sure. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, you're welcome. If you don't mind, I wondered if you could tell us a little bit more about your personal experience in parenting an LGBTQIA plus teen. That is a really good question. Um, <clears throat> a big question. It's a very big question, yes. And I was contemplating how to like make this a short, shorter answer. Um, but, you know, our experience has been messy is probably the best word I can use for it. Messy, but not in a bad way. Um, It has been an incredible learning experience for all of us. And um, there are things that we just didn't know um, at all. Things that we never, you know, when you first have these tiny little babies, you you, you kind of create that movie reel in your head of this is what their life is going to look like, right? Or the things that you hope for them and the things that you wish for them. And of course, you know, hardship is never one of the things that you hope for. Um, bullying is never one of the things that you hope for. Um, anything that's difficult, right? You kind of paint this like, this is what I really want. And what we found, like that was kind of my initial thing was like, oh my gosh, this movie reel that I had in my head for Connor just blew up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, you know, we didn't have like a blueprint. There there wasn't a lot out there to be like, well, this is how you parent a, a gay kid, right? And this is the, this is what you need to teach them. This is what you need to share with them. Um, and it, it just, it took a lot more um, investigating. It took a lot more advocating and um, and a lot more kind of being a mama bear just in the sense of, okay, I've these are the things we really need to watch out for, or these are the support systems that we need in place. Um, and so... I think depending on, and it's, and it's really specific to, you know, whether your child is gay or, or trans or non-binary or, you know, where they fall, because there are very different supports that are needed for each kid. Right. And so um, I, our, you know, our personal experience has very much been, we, really had an opportunity, which is why I do talk about it, because not only did Connor come out as gay, Connor struggled with some really intense mental health struggles. He struggled with substance use and abuse. There, He literally checked every single box of things that you just don't ever really anticipate when you become a parent. So... 
it was a lot of a lot of learning in a very short period of time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I hope that that gives you a kind of a good answer. Um, I certainly could yeah. you know, talk thirty minutes on it, but <laughs> that's the that's the gist of it. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense, especially like you guys said that you you weren't anticipating um, having, you know, these conversations and, and things with him and, and it sort of came as a surprise to you. And so I could see that then you're almost playing catch up, right? And trying to develop that support system. Is that fair? That's very fair. I think that that is maybe the biggest the biggest thing that we did and we felt like for for quite some time is that we were, you know, it wasn't like the the gradual hill. It was like a, you know, 90 degree angle, you know, that we were <laughs> climbing all the time trying to like you know, it would be one thing that we'd be like, "Okay, we've got this." And then something else huge would would come up. And so it was that sense of you know, for like three years, I was so like hyper aware of everything that was going on. Um, And not just with Connor, but with my other three kids too, you know, what, how is all of this energy that's in the house? Because of course, each one of them could only know things to, you know, very age appropriate levels, right? So there was a lot of juggling and, um, and scrambling and, and feeling like, oh my goodness, I, <laughs> I just, I was on all the time and, and paying attention to, you know, body language and, and words and mm-hmm. just so many little things all the time. And it was the, okay, so, you know, how do we talk to our gay son about, sex? How do we talk to him about dating? How do we talk to him about um, you know, just being safe and taking care of himself and, and, you know, all of the mental health pieces around that too. So it was a lot of how to's, how, how do we do this, right? Um, kind of packed into a really short period of time. Yeah, absolutely. And so I guess, what were then some of the tools, maybe we'll jump ahead a little bit, that then you started to use to even support yourself through those conversations, but then also your child and and the rest of your family during that time? Um, That's a really, really good question. And I I appreciate that question. Um, I I'm a huge believer in therapy. Um, at that point, I had started seeing a therapist about two years before Connor came out, which I still, you know, so believe in things happening for a reason. And um, because of that, I was in a space that I could actually uh, be be helpful to Connor, be a good support to Connor. And because I continued to see my therapist, it was kind of my place where I would just like, like get it all out, right? get have the support um, and have like some direction, right? Where I could be like, get myself grounded again and then be able to move forward. And over time, you know, that became a tool that each one, uh, you know, my husband, my, all four of my kids have used. Um, and it incredibly helpful for each one of them in very different ways. Um, learning, I learned to meditate. I started meditating, um, around this same time and, um, also doing a gratitude practice, which were both, super helpful for me personally to, again, help me kind of get everything out and, um, and just kind of sit and get myself super grounded so I could actually listen to what Connor was saying and I could be present for Connor and for Isabel, Grace and Rowan and for my husband. And, you know, because everybody was experiencing this in their very own way. So really learning to get quiet and um, 
take my energy level down about 50 notches. <laughs> so I went through that like, state of spinning because that is so easy for us to do, um, to just start, you know, one thing leads to another. And the next thing you know, your brain is just, you cannot shut it off. So I found a lot of power and, and learning how to do that. Um, a lot of strength in that. Um, and then really just a lot of, um, for all of us learning, you know, very specific mental health tools, um, for each of our specific needs, um, as well as communication tools, which were huge, huge, huge in this process. So um, that has definitely been the way that our, that we all communicate now is so vastly different than, you know, five years ago, even three years ago. So very, very cool. And that's kind of, you know, almost doing like a family therapy, family communication type sessions. Like, is that how you got there? Well, actually, no, which you know, you think that we would. <laughs> but we have never done um, the six of us together. Um, you know, Steve and I have done, you know, therapy, the two of us together. And then we've done therapy with Connor um, okay. in the different. So Connor... Um, because he was struggling at such an intense level and um, he, you know, this was about six to eight months after he first came out to us. Um, he was, there were some very dangerous behaviors occurring. And once we realized everything that was going on, we realized that con he, we needed to, he needed to be out of this environment our mm -hmm. locate, you know, where we live. And so we, um, he ended up being in California. We live North of Chicago and, um, we found a really, really good intensive therapeutic, um, place in California that he spent eight weeks at. And while he was there, uh, we, Steve and I went out every other weekend for family therapy, group therapy, therapy with Connor. I mean, it was a whole, and it was I, <laughs> the things that we learned in that time, like blew me away. And it was stuff that I was like, how did I not know this before? You know, oh, wow. this is such, it's such important and, and such basic ways to communicate with your teenager, regardless of whether they're having, you know, any kind of mental health struggle or, you know, anywhere LGBTQIA, you know, it, they're just good communication techniques. And so that was super, super helpful. And, um, and it really gave Connor the chance as well to, uh, to, he just needed space and he needed some time and to really, um, he was dealing with all so much self-loathing that he couldn't see anything else. And so it was really great for him to be able to kind of let go of all of that. And of course, the time he didn't realize that's what was going on. But now when he looks back, and he, you know, we talk about it, and he's like, that, because, you know, truth be told, he was hot. I mean, this kid was mad that we did this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, he was a junior in high school. And he was like, he was mad. Um, and because then after this, after those first eight weeks, he then spent five months at a therapeutic boarding school, which he didn't talk to us for the first six weeks he was there. So, but he now will look back and say, oh my gosh, I, that was so good because I was able to like, like let go of all that other stuff that was going on. Right. Mm -hmm. And really be able to be like, okay, I, I am okay. I kind of like who I am you know, maybe this is a good thing, you know, and uh, like peel back all of those layers. And, and he had really great people working with him as well. I will forever be grateful to all of these humans. So, um, you know, there was a lot that, um, 
a lot of tools that we learned, you know, even in that just like short period of time. Um, and the biggest one I will tell you, because I, I laugh because this is my husband's favorite tool to teach other people. And I, I giggle every single time that he will say it, but the, the ability to validate somebody else's feelings and validate what someone else is going through. <laughs> we as parents, and I, I'm guessing that many of you relate to this when, when our child comes to us with a struggle, a tro- you know, a problem, an issue, whatever it is, our instant reaction mm-hmm. is to want to solve it and, and to be like, okay, this is what you need to do. This is, it's going to be okay. You're going to be fine and, and, yep. and map out the plan. Right. And what we learned, which is it's, there are still times that it's super hard for me to do this. Um, <clears throat> was but learning how to just keep my mouth shut and listen and then be able to say okay this is what i hear that you are saying this is how you're feeling this is the issue that you're dealing with right now is that is that what i'm hearing and the minute that it is like weirdly magical because the minute that they feel like you're listening to them and you hear what they're saying and you're not giving them a, a, a solution or a judgment or a, an eye roll or whatever, or, you know, exasperation or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Then like the information that you get after that is kind of extraordinary. <laughs> so it is, it's really funny. I mean, it is, it's one of my favorite tools now because no matter what they're going through, I I still do have that like initial, like, (gasps) I hate that they're in pain. I don't want them to Mm -hmm. be in pain, but then I can like let that go and be like, okay, like let's listen to what this really is and, and say it back. And it's, it's really kind of, it's really amazing how, Either they're able to process through it themselves, or they are able to say, yes, I'd like your input on this, or no, I just really need for you to listen to me right now, which is helpful. So, yeah, no, that's an excellent tool. Absolutely. Um, And I'm sure working, yeah, with all of your teens, four kids, that's, (laughs) that's a lot. (laughs) There's a lot of them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am fully outnumbered. Um, yeah. um, it is, it is really nice because Connor, you know, is now he'll be 22 in July and which is sounds so weird to say that every time I say <laughs> it, it sounds weird. Um, but he, he is a young adult and the conversations that we have are so amazing. And I think, I would not trade a second and that, I mean, we went through hell, absolute hell, but I could, I'm so grateful that we are where we are now and that we have the relationship that we have now that hands down, I would do it all over again. Yeah. And I'm sure it's really a testament to the work and the, you know, effort that you put in during that time into, you know, the communication and, and finding help and working on yourself that, that you've kind of gotten to where you are. So that's amazing. Absolutely. Um, I'm wondering if maybe you can share, even generally, what are some of the unique challenges that you see in terms of raising an LGBTQIA plus child or teen, um, just things that you've either come across yourself or or from your community? Because I know you're also doing coaching as well. I am, yes. Um, you know, I would think, I think that the most... And I've kind of touched a little bit on them, but I think that the most unique challenges really are um, that it is more difficult to find uh, the the support and the resources that your child specifically needs um, because they're not 
quite as obvious yet. Um, and there's, there, on one hand, there's amazing work being done. On the other hand, there's not. So, you know, in some ways, there's some positive direction um, and other ways, not so much. But I, I think one of the other challenges is that you definitely have to advocate more. There are more things that you just have to kind of be aware of um, as opposed to, you know, if you were, you know, parenting a teenager or a child, adolescent, young adult um, who is not LGBTQIA, there are not, you know, there are things that you don't really have to look for or be worried about, right? So there's this piece of you're just on a little bit more. And um, I would also say um, learning things that are not in traditional parenting books. So kind of like I mentioned before, um, you know, there's a lot out there on, um, you know, general, you know, how to parent a typically developing teenager, right? Or a typically developing adolescent. But when you add in some of these extra layers of things that are very specific to an LGBTQIA child, it's a, just a little more difficult to find those, those that information that you need, um, the help that you need. Um, so it's, it's learning to like really kind of sift through. So kind of to sum all of that up, the, the, the unique challenge comes in finding the support and resources that you need and that your child needs. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense to me. I can, I can see that for sure that just, well, even if you think about our child, you know, I'm in Canada, but you know, they go through like typical health classes and things like that, where they talk about things and everything is very centered on straight relationships. Right. And, and so it's, you know, not a parent in the school system. And then you're right. So then it's like, okay, you're looking as parent to, to fill that gap. Um, and I can imagine, yeah, the, the resources are not quite there or um, depending on where you live as well, like different communities, I'm sure have more than others. Right. Well, and I, that's exactly it. And I think that um, it's interesting. I'm glad you said that because my um, 16 year old um, sophomore in high school and she is currently in health and they are currently during doing their sex ed uh, unit. And mm -hmm. um, it is, I got a letter home from the teacher saying, you know, these are the things that we're going to discuss and I just want to make sure you're okay with it. And, um, and please make notes of things that you are, that you would like to have, you know, be discussed, right? And I'm looking at this thinking, okay, well, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to say, let's, can we perhaps add, you know, a little bit of information here or, or broaden it to, here's some other things that, I, I would like to teach. Right. Um, and my daughter even said, she was like, there are, you know, there's probably a handful of kids in the class who have been very vocal about bringing up LG, LGBTQIA issues. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is like, it's kind of cool. I really like that they do that. And the teacher is fully on board. Now, whether or not there's any pushback I don't know yet. Well, <laughs> that remains to be seen. Um, and certainly I think that is very, um, you know, especially considering, uh, you know, all of the recent legislature that's being passed on what can and cannot be taught in schools. So I think this will be, this is definitely a hot topic, something to mm -hmm. pay attention to and um, something to, uh, I mean, it's one more piece of advocating. So this is important information, right? And um, it, it is, it's a whole piece of this, this greater puzzle. We'll see what comes of it for sure. But um, yeah, that's interesting. That's a, that's a good anecdote from her as well. 
So I'm learning more and more of children coming out at younger ages. Like I know, you know, you mentioned your son, um, but it seems like children are starting to notice even younger or in their tweens, whether or not they fit within the LGBTQIA plus um, area in terms of their sexuality. So I'm wondering if you have any advice or tools that you might recommend for parents of younger children, because um, just thinking about where they are in their age of development, what type of things that the parents would maybe want to direct those children to, um, either books or TV shows, or just even so that they can start to see people like themselves reflected back, right? Um, within kind of those mediums? Yes, yes. I love this question so much because um, it is very true. And um, it, it is interesting because several people that I've been working with recently um, have kids who are 12, 13, 14 years old who are coming out. And it's, it is becoming more and more um common and and there's a i i think i mean this is my my humble opinion um but it makes total sense yeah because it's it's puberty puberty's hitting so of course you know a child who is going to recognize their sexual orientation is going to be it's going to be in puberty a child who is going to recognize their gender identity is actually going to be much younger. And so when people, you know, are like, oh my gosh, they were six or they were an eight, you know, they were eight, eight years old when they, they knew. Well, yes, they knew. They probably knew when they were three, you know, like it's not surprising mm -hmm. and they, they just couldn't verbalize it. Right. But it, it is not a surprising revelation um, that, that kids are coming out. I mean, I think it's a testament to parents that kids are coming out younger and younger, that they feel safe enough to, to do that. Um, so that's huge. That is really, really huge. As far as really good supports, um, there is one author in particular who I love for tweens, like uh, middle-aged, middle school age kids um, who writes, who's been very um, purposeful about writing so kids can see themselves in his books. And his name is Greg Howard. He actually just um, published his fourth novel, I think, um, called The Visitors. I just actually just interviewed him a couple months ago. So this is why it's all in my brain. But <laughs> it is, uh, I bought, actually bought the series for our local middle school because it is so good. I read, I've read them and kids, it's just lovely. Um, so I highly recommend those because like you said, it's really good for our kids to be able to see themselves represented in a book. Um, I don't have off the top of my head, any TV shows that I would recommend. Um, I know that there are things in the works, but not as far as, you know, where our, our kids would be able to see themselves really being represented on screen and in a, in a way that's appropriate for like an adolescent. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's where it gets tricky, right? I mean, there's some things that are for definitely older kids, um, young adults, but not so much for our younger, younger kids. So that's a tough one. And that's an area that I know there is some movement, but nothing really out there yet. As far as for parents, um, one, I mean, if this is the very beginning of your journey um, and you're just kind of like, whew, okay, what do I do? My very favorite book uh, for when, you know, when, when Connor first came out and I recommend this book all the time is it's called, this is a book for parents of gay kids. It's a really good title. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, talk about picking a really great marketing title. That one is it. Yeah. Yeah. So they did a fine job. Um, but it is really good because it's very, you know, it's the basics and it's, and it's, they have a website that is constantly being updated as well. So it's very up to date with information. Um, and so I really, really like them for parents. Of course, 
you know, I'm going to recommend my podcast because um, I, I think it's a really, like you said, like I, the people that I've interviewed, I think offer such wonderful value and wonderful information and perspective um, on this process and on parenting and LGBTQIA kids. So those would be my, my biggest, my biggest recommendations. Yeah. And I think that's great because some parents maybe like to read and some are more, you know, it's easier for them to listen to something or go on YouTube, things like that. So yeah, I think that's excellent um, in terms of helping. And, and like you said, I have myself not seen as much in TV either. And um, yeah, books I think are starting to come. So that's a great book book recommendation, but yeah, it's, it's like you said, it's trying to find like, you know, what is the age appropriate um, pieces because there is a lot more in terms of YA um, for sure. But, um, yes. you know, kids in that 12, 13 range, it's, it's still, <laughs> you know, it's still PG at that point. And so you're trying yeah. to find that representation um, for them at that younger age. Right. So that's, that's great. Right. Exactly. Um, I mean, I guess I would say just thinking about it, um, the movie Love, Simon, was very gentle and um i mean it i don't my personal opinion is that it was not very realistic um for a high school coming out however that being said it was a very gentle representation of coming out and so that movie i would recommend for younger kids to watch because there's nothing where you're going to be like oh my gosh you know (laughs) i don't want my kids to know that so um, that just kind of came to me. I also just had another thought too for any anyone who wants something, you know, has some faith based concerns. Um, the book that I would recommend for you would be it's called Mom, I'm Gay. The author is Susan Cattrall, and it is phenomenal. So that is my recommendation there. Okay. Yeah. That's a great one too then. Perfect. Thank you. Um, And so I guess, you know, we've kind of touched a little bit on this when we talked about some of the challenges and tools, but I'm wondering what you would say overall that you've kind of learned from this journey and, and you can kind of reflect on um, many, many aspects, I suppose, like either your personal journey or, you know, what you've been learning through the coaching journey, as well as the podcasting and things like that. And just, just kind of where, where you're seeing um, some of those valuable nuggets. Absolutely. Um, So a couple of things. Uh, One thing that I have found myself using a lot, especially recently um, is being curious um, and using curiosity as a way to overcome fear. And um, it's so funny because I was actually watching, and you are probably going to laugh at me, but I was, I don't watch a lot of TV, but so many people have recommended the show Ted Lasso, which is on Apple TV, um, that I finally sat down and watched some episodes over the weekend and they happened to use this quote. He happened to use this quote, um, be curious, not judgmental. And it's a Walt Whitman quote, which I was like, Oh, yay. (laughs) But I was like, Oh my gosh, that's exactly what I've been saying. And I haven't been saying it so eloquently, but that's exactly it. And I think when we are, we can allow ourselves to just be curious about, you know, whether it's what our child is experiencing or what somebody else's child or family or, you know, parent is experiencing. Um, it, it allows us to kind of two things. It, it does definitely take the fear down a few notches. It also allows for some space to really be able to process whatever information is coming. So I love, love, love that one. And I do use that a lot. Um, I've also, and I, this is another one that I use. I think I actually named a podcast episode, this, um, to embrace the messiness. And because this is messy, I mean, life is messy. Parenting, parenting is messy. This is, is just 
can be a little messier at times. And so um, instead of being, you know, once I was able to not be afraid of the mess and to not try to resist the mess or to fix the mess, you know, and just to be like, okay, this is part of this. And it can actually be kind of fun or interesting or beautiful in some ways, right? Um, That has been incredibly helpful for me, um, for people that I work with, uh, for my kids. I mean, all of us, when it's kind of that allowing yourself to be imperfect because so many of us think, oh my gosh, I, I have to be perfect. I have to do this. I have to do this. And when you kind of cut yourself some slack and are like, well, no, I imperfect is okay. Um, I can be messy sometimes and that's okay. Uh, it just really, I think helps with, it helps with everything. Um, and then I would say the third big lesson for me is or was breaking the cycle. And for me, one of the cycles that I was able to break was a a cycle of uh, binary parenting. Um, And and I mean that in the way of it's either right or wrong. It's this or this, that there's always just two options for everything. And being able to break away from that and see things in a very different way has been a huge lesson for me. Um, And and again, and for my family. Um, And I would say, you know, obviously mainly for my husband and I, because our kids are kids and, and they, um, they get to have the benefits of us breaking that cycle, which is good. So those are, those would be my three big lessons that I would share. No, those are great. And, and I can totally see when you talk about embracing the messiness and being curious, like that's really where that learning piece comes in, right? Like kind of where you, you know, start to then really pick up a lot of information mm-hmm. and, and roll with it. So that's, that sounds really great. Right. Yes. Thank you. Um, so I guess before we wrap up, I guess I just, you know, beyond sort of your learnings, is there any last important advice that you'd want to give to parents or even extended family members of LGBTQIA plus teens and children as that maybe want to be supportive and aren't really sure how to start? Yes. Um, again, another very good question. And I think my, my two um, biggest pieces of advice that I learned along the way um, are one, to listen, to not panic and feel like, oh my gosh, I need to solve this whatever's going on, or I need to have something to say, or, you know, whatever, whatever your kind of gut reaction is, to just listen to what your kids um, are saying to you, and the way that they're saying it to you. Um, And then the second thing is, and I know this is going to sound so cliche, but I really mean it in the most literal sense, which is to breathe. Every person, when they get panicked or upset or, you know, frustrated, we hold our breath or our breathing gets really fast. And and that, and that is exactly why I named my podcast what I did, because whenever you can just take that breath and focus on it for a minute and realize your kid's not broken, there's nothing wrong with them. And there's nothing wrong with you or your parenting. And and to realize that they're just expressing who they authentically are. Um, that would be, I mean, that's a beautiful thing. And so just to kind of breathe through that whenever something comes up that you're not quite sure what to do with it, just 
take a breath. Absolutely. No, I love that. And your podcast always sort of feels like that. Like the title is perfect. And then you're, you know, you've got such a a soothing, a calming demeanor about the way that you go through everything. So I think it's Uh um, definitely fitting. Thank you. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Quick, funny story. Um, My youngest who is now 14. um, When he first heard the podcast, he was like, mom, why don't you sound like that all the time? <laughs> I was like, well, first, I didn't actually realize that I was really like kind of making my voice sound different, but I do realize that now um, because I get in the space of like, I feel super calm. So that's what I kind of am conveying. But I had to laugh because I was like, well, because I don't feel like that all the time. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just for the 45 minutes on the podcast. <laughs> exactly. Rowan, do your homework. Is not that effective, you know? <laughs> it's too, it's too calm. Yeah. It's way too calm. It is not going to inspire you to get your homework done. So <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yes, there's a time and place. You're right. But for parents that need that place, yeah, your podcast is perfect for that yeah. few moments of the day. Um, so, you know, how can listeners find out more? We've talked a little bit about it, but um, thinking of your social media as well as your online presence and then, of course, the podcast. Absolutely. Yes. So my podcast, again, is Just Breathe, Parenting Your LGBTQ Teen. And my website is chrysalismama.com, chrysalis like the butterfly cocoon. Um and then my social, I have, I'm on all socials. So um, Facebook and Instagram are both Chrysalis Mama and Twitter is Chrysalis Mama One. So all right. easy That's to remember. Cool. Yes. Perfect. Yes. I will link up to those so that people can click away and then hopefully be able to connect with you a little bit further through there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I do. Um, I do coaching. I do one-on-one coaching and I do group coaching. So I am always happy to hear from people and answer questions and, and do whatever I can do. That's great. No, that's wonderful. So thank you so much for your time today. I think this has been so helpful. And of course, if people want to learn more, they can connect with you and and get over to your podcast as well. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much, Heather. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Are you interested in having a published author speak in your classroom or at your community event? I'd be interested in speaking about my new novel, Pendulum by S.E. German, the writing process, mental health, Panda's Pans, podcasting, and more. Contact me at reallifeprojectco at gmail.com for both in-person and online bookings. Thank you so much to Heather Hester for her time today. I learned so much from her. I really appreciate um, her ability to share not only things that she's learned, but then what she's been putting together as a coach in terms of supporting parents and supporting allies and teachers and everyone working with the LGBTQIA plus community in understanding how to best support this community and all of our young people that are part of it. I really enjoy her podcast, Just Breathe. I highly recommend it. Again, whether you're listening as a parent or an ally of this community, it's got some amazing information. And also, any a parent of any teen could really benefit a lot from a lot of the conversations. There's one in particular that focuses on suicide that I listened to that had such tangible, real steps um, in terms of some of the interviews that, that she's been working through. And I really recommend it in that way. If you're also looking to get a hold of Heather to talk more. She's on Instagram at chrysalismama. Also chrysalismama.com is another great way to find her. And then as I mentioned, her podcast, Just Breathe. So I hope that you learned as much as I did from this episode and that you've come away with some great pointers and um, that, that you really appreciated the time with Heather as much as I did. 
Thank you so much for listening this week. And again, if you have any suggestions that you'd like to see in terms of the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, please feel free to reach out to me best through Instagram, likely at Sarah Lady Gluten. I'm always happy to hear what you're interested to learn more about. Thanks again for listening and have a great week. Have you read my novel Pendulum by S.E. German yet? If not, what are you waiting for? And if you have, I would love to hear from you. If you don't know about Pendulum, it's a heartwarming story about a young boy who starts to experience neuropsychiatric symptoms after an infection. We follow the boy as he goes through many regular, real middle grade issues like moving, having a crush, playing sports, also while experiencing neuropsychiatric symptoms like anxiety, OCD, tics, panic attacks, and more. If you're interested in checking out Pendulum by S.E. German, it is available through Amazon Worldwide where you can even see a preview of the book or you can listen to chapter one, which is on episode 64 of the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. I hope you enjoy the novel and thanks for your support. Thank you for listening to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Please keep in mind, this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can follow me on social media, Instagram and TikTok at Sarah Lady Gluten or Facebook, Sarah underscore Gluten Free Lady. You can also visit my website, which includes author information, speaking information, and more info on the podcast at www.se-german.com. If you like the podcast, please feel free to review the podcast on your favorite platform and also subscribe because it means that it will show up for you every week on your favorite podcast platform. Also, we've just started to have the ability to support the podcast. You can find this link in my Instagram bio or visit Kofi, ko-fi.com slash learning to slay the beasts. Thanks again for listening and have a great week. Mm-hmm.